It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Nice pass, not the best there for Balsers. Predators will get it back. Moving in, smoothing the defense. Opportunity. Tomasino goes to the backhand. And it's a stick save by Stalock. That was a great scoring chance for Nashville. Now they shoot. They score. Tomasino got his own rebound behind the net. Fed it to the right wing side, and it was rammed in as Michael McCarron, the center on this line, was able to jam it home. He is a six foot six target that certainly Tomasino saw all the way, and it's one nothing Nashville. All right, good morning, everyone. You uh, you come here often? I uh, I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, I don't really know how else to segue into this one today, guys, because that was a game of hockey last night, wasn't it? Yes, 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 it was. The term rock bottom was used last night, and uh, God, I hope so, because that was just a... uh, Well, I believe the term embarrassing was used after the game, um, and I think that It was also said that maybe it's a good thing to be embarrassed and maybe it's a good thing to have that type of performance and, you know, kind of be snapped back into reality. And, you know, I know that with the San Jose Sharks right now, they've dealt with a lot this year. The amount of players they've had go down, the COVID absences, the pressure of trying to be the first team in franchise history to go, um, you know, but to be the first team that misses the playoffs through three consecutive years. I, I get it. I understand all of that is a factor of what's going on with the Sharks right now, and that doesn't excuse what happened last night, but you just you acknowledge there's a lot going on. There's a lot on these players' minds. There's a lot going into every single game, but you just don't expect to lose 8 to nothing. And I know they are in a difficult situation. They are dealing with a goalie that hasn't played in the NHL for a long, long time, even if his story individually is very, very unique, but... You don't expect in any given game to lose eight to nothing. I had a couple of people texting me screenshots of whatever sports app they were following the game on and saying, is this an accurate score? And I was saying, yes, it is an accurate score. And I think that was only when it was six, nothing or something to that effect. But that's, uh, you know, that's how it goes. And I think that ultimately when you do hit this bottoming out point, um, you know, that you can only go upwards from here. I, you know, I don't imagine this team is going to have a performance that's any worse than that. Um, nor do I think that it was the just, you know, the, the score line was not reflective of everything we saw, but it was indicative of the way the game was going. I mean, like I said, it was not like the Sharks just went out there and completely gave up and laid down, but it was also not inaccurate in the sense that Nashville was dominant compared to San Jose last night. The best part about this, though, is that you get a chance to bounce back and play Anaheim tonight. And I do think, though, that this type of a performance, especially with some of your younger players, 
it does need to kind of sink in a bit. It does need to be something that they are absolutely disgusted with that they don't ever want to see happen again. And that was something I asked Bob Bugner about last night, and we'll get into that a little bit later because I think there's always a desire to just, okay, on to the next, on to the next. You got to have a bad memory. You got to have a a short memory, however you want to term it, to be able to just have that game happen and then move on to the next one. And I get it. You don't want to dwell on a loss any longer than you have to, especially when you need to focus on the task at hand, which is a game tonight taking on Anaheim, which is a team that's desperate and fighting for their playoff lives. And I think it'll be uh, another good opportunity for the Sharks to, to get back on the right track. But at the same time, that one should sting for more than a night. That one should be something that all the players look back on and think to themselves, what can we do to rectify the situation and make it overall better. What can we do to put a better performance out there on the ice tonight in light of what happened last night? And I also think that there is the sting of all these guys and their literal pride. And it's something we've talked about before with all professional athletes. And this comes from a lifetime of experience of working in sports for me and, you know, getting advice from my dad, who's been working in sports for the entirety of his life. And he's obviously older than me. And, you know, the one thing that he's always come back to with me is, uh, is said that, you know, Ted more than winning and or losing maybe is that these athletes do not want to be embarrassed. That might be the most paramount aspect of any game storyline for any single one of these athletes. And like I already alluded to the term of embarrassment came up. And I think that that's something that could light a fire under these Sharks. And listen, I know I've been talking about the Sharks needing a spark and the Sharks being the type of team that needs to find, you know, something to rally around. And they've been good with their backs against the wall. And, you know, lately during this stretch where they've not been winning games and it's got, you know, shades of what happened last year when they fell out of the race. And this one has kind of turned into that similar type of a situation. It's, is this going to be the thing that really, you know, brings it home for the San Jose Sharks that they have watched themselves fall out of the playoff race, that they have watched themselves, you know, really kind of change from the team they were where they were winning, you know, game every other game, for lack of a better term, and they were hovering around 500, and they went into the break in a good position to where they are now, where they've been, where they've been plummeting and or cratering and now hopefully hitting quote-unquote rock bottom. That is what I'm looking at, and I'm hoping that this is the point of which they kind of say no more. And, you know, you've seen the, the the shots on goal go down. You've seen them not be in games the same way that they were previously. You, you've seen them consistently falling down by multiple goals early. It's the same thing over and over and over. And, I, you know, it's exciting in the sense that you never know which Sharks team is going to show up because sometimes, you know, they, they played really well a week ago Saturday against Boston. It was 1-1 entering the third, and you're not – in love with that performance because you lost, but you don't feel like you're embarrassed in any way, shape or form. And you don't feel like you're that far off, but then you watch last night and you're like, this maybe is a, is a bit of a ways off. And again, you take into account the fact that you're without goalies and you take into account that you're without um, a lot of regulars in the lineup. And you know that there are multiple factors, you know, adding up in a performance like that, but it doesn't make it feel any better. It's not like you walk away with that one and you go, well, hey guys, you know, the Sharks have a lot of excuses, so I'm willing to, you know, just shrug that one off. I guarantee nobody in that dressing room is saying, hey, this is because we have these absences. They will acknowledge they are a factor, but no one is going to stomach that and just digest it well because they can say, oh, well, we have absences. 
I guarantee they are all absolutely disgusted. I guarantee they all had trouble getting to bed last night once they got back to the hotel, and I guarantee they are all willing to acknowledge their own fault in that performance. They all feel individually that they could have been better. They all feel individually that they let Alex stay locked down. They all feel individually that they let each other down as teammates, and they all feel collectively that they know they can do better. But the question is, what are they going to do about it? How are they going to put forth a better performance against Anaheim? And how are they going to be collectively better just to wipe that one clean? Because the stink of that one, it takes more than just a good performance to get rid of. You need to bounce back with a win in that instance, and it's not any easier to do it on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. And I, I suppose there is the risk that you could get beat again, And at that point, you'll have to see what's going to happen for the San Jose Sharks to see where it goes from there. Because not that things were teetering in the balance before, but you do get a feeling like there's a couple different ways the season could go at this point. It could be a collapse or it could be a team that responds well and continues to have respectable performances like they were before. And I, I think that there's still the overall idea that this team is a run away from being back in the playoff picture. However... You have to be realistic. You have to acknowledge that a playoff run at this point seems highly, highly unlikely to get themselves back into the chase based on their current performance. Now, it could change. I am completely willing to acknowledge that, but at this point, you have to be realistic with what this team brings on a night-to-night basis, and that is they are better than the New Jerseys of the world. They are better than the Seattles of the world. But other than that, with their absences, they are definitely not on par with a lot of the other teams in the NHL, and hopefully that will improve when they get specifically Eric Carlson back. I look for him to be able to be a contributing factor right off the bat and hope, above hope, that he will be able to bounce back and get back to the game he had earlier in the year sooner rather than later because we all see how impactful his absence can has been on the team. But, you know, when we look at all this, it's not just his absence. It is the collective absences together that are combining to put the Sharks in this position where they are nowhere near what they were earlier in the year, and they are simply not as good just on a personnel basis as every team, for the most part, that they face every single night. And you can try and blame Bob Bugner. I've seen people giving him a hard time out there. I, listen, I don't think Bob Bugner is the problem right now. I think the problem is the roster and its injuries and its absences that they have been dealing with. When you have this many players out of regular NHL guys and you're trying to plug those holes with guys who were not ready for the NHL at the start of the year, it's going to have an impact. It's one thing to have one or two or three guys come up, but when you're counting on this many guys who were not part of your initial plan, and it's not just that it's a collective of this many guys, it's when it's this many guys in each and every game, it's going to take its impact. It's going to take its toll, and that's what we're seeing right now. Um, in this recent stretch where things have really started to slide for the San Jose Sharks, culminating and hopefully bottoming out in what was a loss 8 nothing to Nashville last night. I mean, there are no excuses. There are no ways to sugarcoat that. You can't put lipstick on a pig like that, but you can acknowledge some of the realities that are going into a performance like that, that you also acknowledge simultaneously that it is unacceptable, and that's not what fans want to come to see. That's not what fans want to turn on the TV and see. That's not what fans for the San Jose Sharks are particularly desiring to see because so much of the dynamic of the franchise and being a Sharks fan is that, 
you know, we're better than this. We are a team that situates ourselves for playoff runs, a team that situates themselves for competitiveness, a team that does not settle for being a bad team. And for the majority of, of the Sharks' lifespan, that's how it's been. But right now, it's clearly not that way, and you have to start thinking about the trade deadline, and you have to start thinking what you can do to make yourself uh, be a better team. And I, I don't know if that means Tomas Hurdle. I don't know if that means whoever it's going to be on the San Jose Sharks heading into the deadline. But I think you need to acknowledge that if moves are made that put the Sharks in a continual rough rough position this year going forward, you have to start thinking of why they are making these moves and what it might mean for the short term versus the long term. And if they do move good players heading into the deadline, you have to start asking about how long you think it'll take before this does start trending in the right direction. How long does it take before you are going to be in that position to be a team that is competitive for the playoffs again? You know, the Sharks have been doing a good job to keep themselves floating for the majority of the past couple of years in the fight, ultimately cut down by injuries. You look at the 2019-2020 season before things were shut down prematurely, it was injuries to Tomas Hurdle, injuries to Eric Carlson, uh, even an injury to Logan Couture in the midst of that season as well that was kind of knocking them down um, and hurting their chances to get back into the fight. You look at what happened last year in terms of a shortened COVID season, and they just weren't that good, and they were not getting the goaltending that they needed. This year, they've had the goaltending. They've had the improved defense. The problem is they've had so many guys out with injury that has been you know, too much to overcome, combined with guys not living up to maybe their expectations, combined with guys you know, simply just not being as engaged on a night-to-night basis in terms of the flow of the game, combined with guys, you know, it's just, it's combined with everything. I mean, I think you watch the Sharks last night and you're like, this is the collective of everything we've seen problematic all year long, along, culminating at once. You know, the only thing that was different about last night is that you usually see a much better defensive performance from the Sharks, and last night was was not that. And you saw Nashville getting two, three, four hacks at a puck in front of the net. The Sharks seemed deflated. They seemed like each goal took a little bit more wind out of their sails. They seemed like they were powerless to stop the onslaught. And you could just see the shoulders slumping in the midst of that game in a way that you had not previously seen. I think that was the part of it that was just a lot to take. A, a lot to take, a lot to watch, a lot to try and digest from any perspective. Coach player, executive, fan, you were not not at all happy with that one. So, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I understand who writes my checks. I understand that I work for the San Jose Sharks, but that doesn't stop me from reacting to things just the same way that you guys do. And I, I think that everybody, you know, you could walk to Bob Bugner right now and he would tell you absolutely unacceptable. Logan Couture would tell you absolutely unacceptable. You know, any member of the San Jose Sharks alumni that, you know, still consider themselves part of this family and part of this franchise would tell you that losses like that are unacceptable. Now, they do happen. And for a long time, the Sharks were not in a position where they were ever suffering losses like this. And it was never this type of a paradigm. It was never this type of a view. It was never this type of an overall, um, you know, just never, it was never like this for a long, long time. And now the fact that you were able to keep yourself in the hunt for so long, it's, it's coming back to haunt you. In every team that has a sustained run of excellence, you eventually run into a situation situation like the one you're in with the Sharks right now. And the question is, is to make these tough decisions going forward that need to be made to get the Sharks back in a winning position 
what are you willing to endure as a fan? And, I, and I'm just speculating. And I have no idea what the Sharks are going to do. But if this means players that you enjoy are traded away and it might make the rest of this year that much more painful, are you willing to accept that? Because here, here's the other part of this is that, you know, unless a miracle happens and the Sharks do fight themselves back into the playoff picture, what is it? What is it worth to see the team be really, you know, competitive for the rest of the year and, you know, fight for a playoff spot if you don't get as good of a draft pack pick as you would have wanted and you don't make the playoffs when all is said and done? You have to be realistic in that sense of, yes, listen, I understand. And I talked to season ticket holders about this and I talked to the people, you know, paying their cable bills and paying a lot of money to watch these games. I understand it is not cheap. Totally. And I'm not overlooking that, but I'm just saying from a realistic standpoint, I mean, what, what, what is a, a season worse worth? If it's going to be lost, if you're not going to make the playoffs, is it okay to sell off and improve yourself going forward? Is that something that you as a fan can digest? And it's something that I am asking myself as a fan, if I can digest. And I think that I can digest it. If you get a clear cut picture of, of what the plan is going forward. Because I think that's the problem right now is that you're just not quite sure of what this is. And, you know, Doug Wilson has been very consistent with his use use of reset versus rebuild because nobody wants to go through a quote-unquote rebuild. And I don't think that's what the Sharks are wanting to do either. I don't think they view this as a long-term plan to be, you know, a team that does not win a lot of games to build themselves up for the future. But I do think that there maybe needs to be more of a a recognition from fans and from the front office and from everyone to kind of acknowledge what the, the overall viewpoint is here in terms of a timeline now as we've seen the quote-unquote reset be impacted by injuries. We've seen it impacted by just a number of things. So I, I think that you know if, as we look towards the deadline, as we look towards the near future, as we look towards you know the draft, free agency, you probably need to think about what you're going to do and the timeline of how long it's going to take to get this team back into a position where they can be contending. Now, maybe that would have been this year if guys had stayed healthy. You know that that's a big maybe though. We don't know what would have happened if they had stayed healthy. We don't know about all the ifs and the buts. You know that's that's just how sports goes right now. All we can do is objectively look at the reality. And while you do feel that the future is bright for players like Ryan Merkley and Noah Greger, you also acknowledge that right now they are not there yet. You know, that put there in quotes to talk about what they are as a player and what they can bring. And again, it still seems like it's a bit of a ways off. That said, you do feel there is going to be an improvement. And every time a young player starts to make this transition from one level to the next, you look at the next offseason so they can regroup, regather, take a look at their game collectively and figure out what they need to improve on. And I think that we see Ryan Merkley, you know, occasionally give the puck away, get a little bit cute on some of the passes he's trying to make. And if he can simplify his game while overall improving, you're going to see him be a much more effective player, particularly as someone who can move the puck. I think Noah Gregor, we see... You know, his work rate out there, you see all of his just energy and his speed. His main issue is finishing. And I think his defense is usually pretty good. I don't think it's, you know, on par with some of the better forwards on the Sharks yet. But I think he's definitely trending in the right direction. And I think that we look at finishing as being a big problem with his game. And I think that some of the other younger guys that we've seen them step up and become better players 
I think you just have to acknowledge, you know, how far they are from maximizing and hitting what they are in terms of their potential versus how far away they are versus what they're going to be in next year and what that's going to mean for the team. And then what you can expect from the team and the veterans. I mean, these, these are all the questions that are going on right now. I don't have the answers and I'm speculating on what is going to happen going towards the deadline and going towards, you know, looking at next season and beyond. But I think it's pretty clear that this team is not good enough, A, and B, they are severely impacted by the injuries. And even if they were healthy, I still think this is a team that's fighting for its playoff lives. And that doesn't mean that a year from now that players won't be better and the Sharks will have a little bit of a regression to the mean in terms of finding the back of the net. But I think you also have to acknowledge that the standard is not just to be one of the final teams in the West fighting for a bubble spot. It's to be one of the elite teams. It's to be one of the teams that are truly challenging for contention and to be one of the better teams in the NHL. And I think that standard is what the Sharks are trying to figure out how they best get back to that and what is the quickest path back to that. We're going to get into all the post-game reaction on the other side. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. That was the worst one in here for sure, I think. Uh, you know, uh, regardless of the score at 3 nothing, I thought we were actually playing a pretty competitive game. We were playing pretty hard. Um, you know, they uh, we only gave up two chances in the first period, and, and we generated, uh, I think we only generated one, so it was a pretty even even first period, uh, regardless of the shot clock. I thought in the second period, uh, the chances we did have, um, you know, made saves or hit a couple posts, hit a crossbar. And uh, once it got 4 nothing, we got away from our game. And, and, you know, you just you start pressing and, uh, you know, things start going in. And, and just, uh, you know, that snowball, you can't uh, you can't stop it. So um, that's that's the game. Um, you know, they, uh, they they got some great goaltending when they needed it. We didn't bury our chances, and, and uh, you know, we opened it up too much when we were down. Welcome back, everyone. That was Sharks head coach Bob Bugner just talking about the relative levels of disappointment on that one. Uh, this is what Nick Bonino had to say as well. Very, very disappointing. Um, I thought we actually came out pretty good, and we got down 3 nothing with some pretty – crap goals I mean they had a good net front but you know they were just slinging pucks to the net and they were going in the fourth goal they whacked away and it seemed like that fourth goal just kind of broke us and you know went from there you know it's funny that he and Bob Bugner both pointed out that it looked like the team did have a decent start to this one and then suddenly it just it unraveled so quickly I just wonder if they were in that mindset where it's like we did everything right and then suddenly we're down by a couple of goals and it just snowballed from there I, I always wonder on what you know, what goes through the minds of these guys in these situations and what leads to a collapse of that nature. And not, not that I, um, you know, absolving them, they obviously weren't good enough in the moment. It's just, you didn't expect it to turn into that over the course of the game. Uh, this is what Logan Couture said, uh, when he was asked about what he said after the game. Oh, we had a good talk in the room after the game. Just, uh, I mean, it's pretty evident that that's not good enough. And, um, 
you know, I thought our effort was pretty good in that that first period. Uh, you know, they got a few few bounces on their goals. Um, didn't really give them any opportunities, but offensively we didn't get anything. Um, and then kind of got out of hand there um, near the end, when, or even in the second period. I mean, we had some looks. Singer had a post. Could have made it one one. Tommy had a breakaway. Um, but you can't give up equals. As I alluded to earlier, I also asked head coach Bob Bugner about the need to let that one kind of simmer and maybe not forget it right away. Oh, yeah, I think so. Like, uh, you, you know, I, our fourth line, I think, was on for three or four. Their fourth line got, I think, three or four goals tonight. Um, there's so many I can't even count. I, I got to look at the stat sheet. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, um, this is something that's a teachable tape for sure. Um, you know, and we constantly do that. Um, the good thing is we are going back to work tomorrow. Um, or, you know, we got to put that one behind us, and, and we're playing Anaheim, a team that's uh, that's desperate. So we got to make sure that uh, um, we have a short memory. Questions of rock bottom were brought to some of the players. This is what Nick Benino had to say in response to that. We've got a lot of guys in this this room who've, who've won or gone deep, and. Um, have more pride than this. I think, uh, obviously, as a team, we want this to be a one-off. And uh, the good thing is we can come come to the rink tomorrow and uh, against a divisional opponent and uh, and try to get a win. And Logan Couture. Um, I mean, that, that was pretty bad. It's one game. Um, so we got to bounce back here. We've lost, uh, I don't know what the number is now, 10 or 12, something like that. So... Better get out of it quick. Um, you know, things snowball pretty quickly when you uh, when you start losing games. And um, you know, I said this at the start of the year. If you can just end those losing streaks at two and three, we'll be in a good spot by the end of the year. And um, we haven't been doing that lately. One of the things that was asked to head coach Bob Bugner after the game was what he said to the team. And I, I think that, I mean, a he didn't talk to the team, or at least had not by the time he had spoken to us with the media, which is pretty quickly after the game. But you know, one of the things that I look at with Bob Bugner is that he hasn't forgotten what it's like to be a player and I think that he knows in that moment that you need to have the captain you need to have the leadership core talking you need to have the team talking to each other you need to have them figuring it out the last thing they need in that moment is a coach coming in and berating them and telling them everything that they did wrong they, they all know what they did wrong they all know that it's unacceptable they all know that they can't lose that way uh I don't I didn't talk to the team after the game um I think that uh, um, you know we'll we'll sleep on this. We'll watch the game tonight on the way to Anaheim. We'll get organized and we'll talk to them in the morning. Um, you know, I know obviously there's a lot of guys in there that are probably emotional. It's a tough to to be in your home team, your home crowd, and lose that uh, lose a game by that much. But uh, um, you know, maybe it's a good thing to be embarrassed as well. Maybe it's uh, that's the adversity that uh, you know we'll see how guys react to it. Now, while you do need to remember this loss and understand how relatively unacceptable it is, I do think the Sharks need to be able to bounce back for today's game against Anaheim, something the captain talked about after the loss. Yeah, it's good when you have a game the next day after a result like that. Um, get to bounce back. Obviously, tonight uh, tonight sucks. Um, today wasn't good. So think about it tonight. Learn from your mistakes, but you got to move on. Um, you know, this, the games come quick in this league, and Anaheim's a team that's fighting for their playoffs, playoff lives, just like that team was. And um, we weren't able to match their intensity, so we better tomorrow. They have to be. And I think that pride becomes a big, big factor for guys like Logan Couture, like Tomas Hurdle, like Timo Meyer, like Brent Burns, like Mark Edward Vlasic. They all know that they need to be better. And if not just for the fact that they need to be better for themselves, 
and they need to be better for Zach Sachenko. That's that's a big part of what is going into this as well, is that they need to be good in front of a goalie that does not have the same level of experience. It's not James Reimer and Aiden Hill. I mean, that's that's just a part of this. So across the board, they need to categorically be better than what we saw last night and hoping that last night was the low point of the season that they can only go really upwards from there. I, you know, they've given up seven goals so far this year, and now they've had a game where they've given up eight. And I can't remember when the last time the Sharks gave up eight goals. Maybe I'm forgetting something from the recent memory that I've been able to, you know, push out with some other inane knowledge or, you know, Seinfeld quote, but uh, that was bad last night. I think that's the only way you can look at it. That was a bad performance that everybody is going to be looking to bounce back from as quickly as possible. And that's what you like about having this schedule. Now, maybe it's not ideal to play the next day after an eight, nothing loss, but in terms of the guys, maybe not physicality, but their mentality, they have a quick chance to respond here. They have a quick chance to show that last night was a relative aberration and that they can come out there with a much better performance, a much more um, respectable performance that they can all go to bed and be okay with. None of these guys ever like losing. I I don't want to ever try to infer that. But I think that when you have a loss like the one that you took last night, this is one that it hurts. It stings and it should sting. And I don't think any of them were okay with losing the way they did. I think they are all looking for the opportunity now to be able to bounce back and to be able to have a much better performance than what they showed last night. I think that Logan Couture in particular, he's a guy who hates losing. He's a guy who takes losses like that very, very hard. I'm sure that he probably got together with the leadership core as well. I'm sure there's a text thread that's going on about what needs to be fixed and relative unacceptable levels of play and how they need to stand up for each other. I, you know, I'm, I'm positive. I don't, I don't know this, but I, I would bet that that's how it goes down. That there are meetings, that there are guys talking to each other. There's groups on the plane. You know, I would hope that after something like that last night, they can all sit down and have a whiskey or a glass of wine or whatever it is and have that come to Jesus moment with each other where they kind of lay it on the line and say this is unacceptable and they need to be better. And let's hope they are tonight because Anaheim, a team playing for their playoff lives, they're going to be desperate, and the Sharks need to be able to match that intensity from the minute the puck hits the ice. All right, that wraps it up for today's Morning Tide. I'll be back with you this afternoon at 1 for the buildup as we get ready for the Sharks and Anaheim. Tune in right here on the Sharks Audio Network. Pre-game 4.30, game time 5 against the Ducks. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.